series about created for connection uh, and we've kind of talked about how important connection is it's really built right into our DNA it's important to us uh, emotionally it's important to us physically we kind of looked at that a little bit it's important to us spiritually it's a part of being uh, healthy spiritually uh, and so for these number of weeks kind of moving up towards Thanksgiving we're going to continue to kind of talk about the importance of connection uh, in, in our lives so let's uh, let's g- do our memory verse uh, together here There we go. Uh, Let's say this together. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 13, 34, and 35. Um, So uh, I want to kind of expose you to something here uh, that, that I think is important. There's When I think about connectedness, there's kind of four foundations of that, um, of healthy connectedness. One is uh, loving and being loved. We're going to talk about that today. Knowing and being known, transparency uh, and and authenticity, which we'll talk about next week. Serving and being served, we talked about when we kind of opened up uh, with this whole thing. Uh, And then celebrating and being celebrated. And so uh, today I want to talk about the loving and being loved uh, part of this. And so I want to ask you a question I really hope you know the answer to, and that is this. What did Jesus say was the most important thing? Love. Love God, love each other. So when the, I usually go to Matthew because I like the ending part of it, but, but let me just read this to you. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. He had been asked, what's the greatest? Bottom line, this whole thing. And the second is like it, which ties them together. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets, which was their whole religion. So around here, we've kind of made it easier to remember because I'm not all that bright and I need easy. So we talk about love God with your whole being, your heart, soul, spirit, all of that. Love the Lord. I love the people around you like family, which is kind of what the um, as yourself. I mean, we often read that in a 21st century kind of personal sort of way and self-image, but that's actually not the way it was then. They tended to think of themselves as part of a family as much or more than actually as a part of as an individual. So love the people around you like family and then build all your religion on this. So love God with your whole being, love the people around you like family, build all of your religion on this is kind of the way uh, we talk about it. So um, there we go. Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter 4 uh, uh, verses 8 through 11. Uh, and, and I love, because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about love, I love that Peter writes the words we're about to read. Because if you remember the story of Peter, he was, he's the ADHD disciple. He's the one that I really identify with because he was often doing something before he thought about the consequences of it. And so he had moments of great success when he confesses that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, you know, uh, but, but he also has disasters in his life. And, and the big one is at the end, of course, when he denies Christ, right? With the village girl and, and all of that. No, I'm not one of them, you know. And Jesus brings him back with the words, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you, do you love me? Three times it kind of goes through that whole sort of thing. And I think if anybody kind of understood the importance of love, it was Peter. Because it was love that brought him back. I mean, Jesus could have said, okay, have you reformed? You know, have you followed the steps? Have you repented? Have you de-? That, that, Jesus didn't approach it at all. He just said, do you love me? And then he told him, if you love me, 
feed my, feed my sheep. So uh, I love that this is, uh, this is in Peter's voice here. So let's jump in and we'll kind of read the whole text and then come back to it. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Okay? Amen. So, the word of God for the people of God. Okay, you're working on it. We're getting better at that, uh, with that. So uh, let's jump in. Uh, time's going by pretty quick here. Above all, the most important thing, above all, above all of the stuff that is important in our faith and religion, above all, love each other deeply, okay? Above all, it's the, the thing that matters more than anything else. And I, I'll tell you, uh, this is crucial to how we understand kind of the Word of God. But I bump into people that, all the time that when I'll say, love is the most important thing, they'll go, yeah, but... You know, and, and I've kind of reduced that to yeah, but say yeah, but. You ever met people that no matter what you said, they said yeah, but, you know, and they have some sort of thing that they think negates it in some sort of, sort of way. And, and this basically, Peter is saying, no, there's no yeah, buts. <laughs> above all, above all of that other stuff, you know, people say, well, what about justice? You know, they're like somehow love and justice on our scale, and the more you move towards justice, the less you have love. That's not the way it works. In, in the kingdom of God, even justice is, flows through love. And you already know this. If you have children, you don't discipline them because you, don't lo- you love them less. You discipline them because you love them. Amen? Amen. And you do it in a, in a loving, redemptive uh, kind uh, of way. Uh, justice without love is punitive, right? It's like balance the scales. Well, who does that help? Or pay your debt to society. Well, that doesn't bring my loved one back if you did that, you know. And so in the context of love, it's, it's a redemptive and kind of protective sort of thing that, that happens. And so um, love is ab- above all. It's the most important thing. Say, love is the most important thing. Yeah. So um, everything God does flows out of love. So everything we do should flow from love. Amen. And the first time I wrote that sentence, my first thought was, that's impossibly hard. That's just such a high standard to, to do that. I don't know that I've, I can do all of that. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, exactly, exactly. You will never be as loving as you can really be. There's always room for more growth in another sort of area where you can get better at this. And if you think you're doing pretty good with it, how are you doing with loving your enemies? <laughs> never get amens on that. Everybody's like, oh, you know. And so I, it's just, there's this standard of, 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 of loving, of, of letting love flow through us. And, and again, I need to be clear, this is not romantic love we're talking about, right? Romantic love is about feelings. But even in romantic love, when you get married, in order for your marriage to be successful, it's got to grow past the feelings, amen? It's got to move eventually towards Christ's definition of love, which is self-sacrificing love, when you do what's best for your spouse, even when it's not best for you, in order for that to really last, that real love that we're talking about here. Uh, And so um, this is our standard. uh, This is our goal. This is the direction we move. This is spiritual growth. So just to kind of say it another way, love is a relationship, not a feeling. 
And relationships are things we choose to do whether we feel like it or not. How many of you have ever gotten up and gone to work when you didn't want to? (laughs) Virtually everybody, right? Because it's a relationship. You work, they pay you. It's a good relationship, you know? And so it is with our relationships with, with one another. And, and is, there's, a, there's a choosing to love one another. Uh, every day we choose to love people in the body of Christ and, and one another. And, and so to have real love, we need to have that, that understanding of love, that choosing to love one another. So Jesus left no doubt about the primacy of love. Just no doubt. He was the one that was said. We read it earlier. When God asked the bottom line, the whole thing, what's this all about? How do we, you know, if you can only do one thing, what's that one thing you can do? Love God with your whole being. Love the people around you like family. Build all of your religion on this. That's it. We're done. You can go home now. The sermon, no, the sermon's not over. But, but it, it, it's just an important part of it that the primacy of love is the way we think about it, especially in our tradition that, that you and I are a part of it a part of. Um, And so um, there's this movement towards being loving in everything we do and letting it flow through us and figuring out how to let it flow through us, okay? Uh, But I'm I'm, going to do one little thing here. Um, I never talk about politics, but I do need to say something. There is a movement among some politicians to advance the idea that Jesus was too soft, that, that whole forgiveness thing and that mercy thing and that they need to somehow fix that and, and make that, that better. And, you know, like I said, I don't talk about politicians. They can do their thing. But when they cross into what the gospel is, that's a problem. And so I'm just going to say this flat out. <laughs> if there's a conflict between your politics and faith in Jesus Christ, you choose Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay. Just, just so we're clear about that, okay? So... I would sum this up in some ways. What is not of love is not of God, right? If it's not of love, it's not of God because God is love, all right? Now, back to the text. Above all, love each other deeply. And this is just a fun word. The word deeply there, the literal meaning is to stretch something, you know? So the first way I first saw the word is, is stretch something. I thought, oh yeah, love stretches you, you know? You've never been stretched by your spouse or your children? You're all looking at me like, eh, I don't know, you know. Love stretches you. I think it has the idea of stretching out the length of love and the depth of love, but I love that love stretches us, okay, deeply, because uh, love covers over a multitude of sins. And this is one that sometimes hangs people up because we think, well, you don't cover up sin. That's not the way God does it. God reveals sin that he, that he might heal us in, in all of that. Um, and, and so when... I think of this, I, I tend to think of this uh, a little bit differently. So when it talks about covering up sins, I think it's talking about love redeems sins, right? You know, love, love is the one that when someone you're with that you care about and something goes wrong, you jump in to help them. You jump in to fix them. And you don't want to expose them to embarrassment and all of those sorts of things. That makes sense to you, you know? Because sometimes people have different levels of light from the Lord. Have you ever noticed that? You know, there's something in your life that the Lord has given you light, and it's like, okay, don't do that, or you got to do that. But this person over here doesn't, doesn't get it. They're, they're just, the Lord hasn't revealed that light to them. It's, it's, you know, they're in a different stage developmentally, and it's like children that the development at different stages, what, what a child does at, at three, what you'll accept, what you'll put up with at three is different than 13, right? You know? Well, there's a lot to put up with at 13, but that's different from what you put up at, at 23, right? And because they don't know at each of those stages. 
Uh, when my son was, uh, I don't I want to say six, seven, something like, Jody will have the exact age of, of him. Uh, it was a time when people were doing those like banner things like around walls, you know, in, in rooms and across the top. What are those called? Anybody know what those are called? What is it? Wallards? I don't know. Anyway, so, yeah, it was kind of a, a sort of thing like this. And so Jana, we put one around all the way around in a nice girl looking kind of room, you know, and it was really cool. And Kevin kind of watched us do that. And it was a, a couple of weeks later that, that Kevin comes out of his room and says, hey, mom and dad, come and see how I've decorated my room. <laughs> With permanent ink, no less. He had literally drawn pictures all the way around the middle of the room and all the way to the other side. And he was proud of it, right? And so when I walked in there and I saw that, I realized, we've got to paint this whole room. You know, I wanted to go, what were you thinking? But the truth of was matter, he didn't know there was anything wrong with that, right? So I couldn't do that. We just had to say, well, that's not the way to do that. We're going to have to repaint your room, and you're going to get to help us repaint your room. And, and so it is, I think, in, in, in light, right? So we didn't chew him out. He wasn't punished. There was nothing like that. I don't think he even knew it really, other than we were like, that made him think he'd done something wrong. But, but because love covers over a multitude of sins. We, we jump in, and we take care of it, and, and that's, that's the beauty of community, is loving each other like that and caring for e- e- each other like that. The idea that, that we got each other's backs. Amen. Say to the person next day, I got your back. Yeah. Jesus did this. Remember the woman caught in adultery? He didn't open her up to humiliation. He actually defended her. Oh, I would love to have seen what he was writing in the sand at that point. I, some people have said that probably the sins of the people. I don't know. But, but that's, this love covers over. It's not, it's not ignoring sin. It's dealing with sin in healthy ways within the community. So verse 9, be hospitable to one another. And in Jesus' time, hospitality was actually a, a law. You had to do it. It was, uh, it was a part of the law of, of the time. And so um, I don't want to go too far with time going by here, but the word hospi- hospitable uh, is actually a word that combines two words. One of them is stranger, and one of them is friend. And so kind of the implication here is, is making strangers friends or te- uh, treating strangers like friends uh, in, in our life. And I would sum that up just like this. Uh, how we treat people who are strange to us matters to God. How many of you got someone in your life that you know of that's strange to you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember someone telling me one time, uh, you know, every family has a weird uncle. And if you don't know who the weird uncle is, it's probably you. And I thought, <laughs> I don't know who the weird uncle is in my family. You know, so. People who are strange to us, it matters to God. That's what hospitality is in, in the life, that we would connect and we would love them and we would extend grace to them and we would, we would help and be a part of it. And then, here's where I know Peter was really a pastor. Verse 9, be hospitable to, hospitable to one another without complaining. Let me say that again. Without, say this word. Yes. You know, it is so easy, especially for some of us that are a little more mature in the Lord. We know what we're supposed to be doing, and we're doing it, you know, and we're going along. But in the midst of all of that, there's this like, yeah. You ever heard of the word murmuring? I love murmuring because it sounds like what you do. Mom, mom, yeah, you know. It's that, that kind of 
I don't know about muttering. That's a good one, you know. And you kind of mutter about, well, I'm doing it, okay. But it's like God gave you a chore, and you got to, you know, you're a ten year old, and you got to do your chore. And and uh, Peter is calling us to something much, much higher than that, to to to, to let go of all that other stuff. I, I think this is so insightful on his part. This is this idea that that we don't grit our teeth and do it. We do it out of love right? Love for one another. And sometimes that's hard. I get that. But moving past the complaining, it's kind of next level uh, service uh, in, in the kingdom of God. And then verse 10, like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received in, in life. Uh, and so it's the, the serving with what God has equipped you to do. Okay. You are, you are working for God in, in all of these things. Amen. Okay, uh, so uh, then it kind of goes on. Uh, like good stewards of the manifold grace, so steward, you have a gift from God. Uh, serve one another with whatever gift you have. You are uniquely equipped to do this. You have a, uh, your, you have a gift that is a sacred trust from God. Let me say that again. Sacred, say sacred trust. Yeah. Have you ever borrowed someone's car at some point in your life and you're like driving down the road like this because you just don't want anything to happen to it, right? You know, if you're driving your car, it's like, you know, but if you're driving someone else's car, it's like, whoa, because it's a trust and you realize that, right? You know, well, think about the gifts God has given to you. Those are a sacred trust from God that he's given to you to use for, for the kingdom. And, and God's grace flows through those in your life. And it's different for all kinds of people. Some of you have gifts and graces that I'm just amazed by. I watch God work through you. And when I try and do that stuff, God does not work through me, you know? I mean, I've told this story before, but, but my last church, when we were working on it, a bunch of the men were there, and they were so good with the tools, and they were getting things done, and it was looking really good, and I was kind of trying to help out, and finally one of the guys said to me, in all honesty, don't you have a sermon to work on? <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> That's just not my gift, right? You know, but, but it's okay. They had that, that gift. Um, uh, and then... Verse 11, whoever speaks must do so as one who speaks with the very words of God. This is the one that applies to me. This is, this is my thing. I, I, I do the, the talking in all of this. This is one who speaks for God. And, and I just want to tell you, I take that really, really, really seriously. I put a lot of hours into preparing for sermons because I realize I'm going to stand up there and speak for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's a, the big deal. And Scripture says, ultimately, I will be judged by how I pastor a church. I have a level of accountability that says we're going to face a higher level of, of accountability. And so I just want you to know this one matters a, a lot to me. Uh, and then uh, it goes on, whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies. Okay, God will give you the strength you need so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever in all of that. So, uh, so that, the reason we do this so that God may be glorified. Can I just say this? It's not about you. Amen. Okay, look at the person. No, don't look at the person next to you. Say, say this out loud together. It's not about you. <laughs> you. Yeah, it, it's, not about, it's not about us, that God is at work in, in all of this. And I would tell you that one of the places that gets so difficult in churches is when people begin to say, this is mine. Ooh, it's really quiet in here. <laughs> Holy Spirit's moving. <laughs> 
Because, because it's really not about it. It's all, everything we have, that sacred gift, all that God does with is so that he may be glorified in all things, right? And then the doxology, him be glory forever and ever and ever, amen, through all of that. And so uh, that's, that's an important part for us to grasp with all of this, the glory in all things, um, and then the doxology. So here's what I know. Everyone needs to love and be loved, amen? Everyone needs to love and be loved. No exceptions. It's a fundamental uh, need in our lives. And, and this is why we ask you to get in groups or to volunteer. That's why at the end of the service, I tell you, turn around and introduce yourself to somebody. And all you introverts, I know you hate that. I'm sorry. It's good for you, okay? It's, it's, it's good for us to do, to do that part of it. And then, um, in order to receive love, you must give love. I had someone that used to say, in order to have friends, you have to be a friend. And, and that's that same principle here. In order to, to, to receive love, you have to give love uh, in all of this. And, and the chart that I just kind of put up, you know, uh, I th- use this a lot with marriage. For a marriage to work, you have to be focused on making sure your partner's needs are met. And then if they're focused on making sure your needs are met, the marriage works pretty good. But if the marriage is about me trying to pull love out of my spouse and my spouse is trying to pull love out of me, that doesn't work so well. And so the same is true in friendships. When we give love, when we extend love, when we we take the first step, be the first one to love someone else, it begins to work in all kinds of things. And then the harsh reality is this. Real love means doing things you don't want to do. Yeah, everybody should have said amen. If you've ever experienced love, that, that's just a, a part of it. I mean, don't, aren't kids wonderful and awful all at the same time? You know, the two o'clock in the morning kind of thing and, and all of those pieces of it. And so it, it, it's, it's hard work for us. And then real love means forgiving others and saying, I'm sorry. My uh, mother-in-law, just weeks before we were uh, going to get married, uh, gave me some really great great marriage advice. And, and honestly, it, it kind of surprised me because she's on the spectrum a little bit, and so some of those things weren't necessarily her strengths. She had some great, wonderful strengths, but not generally relational sorts of things. And her advice to me was this, forgive quickly. That was it. Forgive quickly. That has become some of the most important advice for me in my marriage and in my relationship with others and in being a pastor and and all of that. And then the other flip side of that is say I'm sorry quickly, right? Say I'm sorry quickly. Forgive quickly. Say I'm I'm sorry quickly. There's so much power, so much relational power in this. The the gift of, of, of forgiving those that have wounded you and the humility of saying I'm sorry. I, you know, if I could take that back, I would, you know, it, I just, people struggle with this, and I just know this is so, so powerful uh, in in our our lives. Real love is often humbling, and that's good for us. Let me try that again. And that's good for us. Okay, so the purpose of any relationship is not to make you happy, but to make you holy. (laughs) That feels awkward, doesn't it? Especially in your marriage. But have you ever thought about that in your marriage, that the purpose of your marriage was never to make you happy, it was to make you holy, it was to make you like Jesus. And that's what is meant by connectedness within the body, within the small groups and with all of those, that in that process of loving each other and being loved by one another, we become more and more and more like Christ as we follow him in so many ways. 
So Hebrews says it this way. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. If our musicians would, would come. I, just real quickly through this one. Oops. Didn't, yeah. here's, here's the word I love. Say spur. That word in the original language actually has the idea of being irritating or provoking. And so this is among my favorite verses. We are called to irritate each other on to more love and more good deeds. Some of you are feeling a great sense of freedom right now. (laughs) That's all right, I can do that, you know. The idea of, of living so accountably that we, that we connect with one another and we can even say truthful things to each other like, hey, you know, I've shared with you that one of the most powerful times in my life was a good friend in a small group that we'd been together, we are raising kids together and all of that and, and language is my thing and, and we would kid around and joke each other and give each other a hard time and one time the church was having a retreat and it was just him and I kind of walking along and he said, hey, Craig, can I tell you something? I said, sure. He said, it's kind of personal. Sure. He said, sometimes your words go too far and they hurt people. Provoke. And I made a change and I I really try hard now not to do that. And as hard as that was to hear, it was a great gift of love from my friend. And I pray that we would be a community of people that were so connected. We love each other so much. I knew it was safe. I knew Jeff would never try and hurt me. He was trying to help me. And in that context, we can be changed and transformed into the image of Christ in new and wonderful and amazing ways. So, loving and being loved, above all, maintain constant love for one another. Let's say that together. Above all, maintain constant love one another. Father God, Lord, I am so thankful that the primary way you treat us is is with love. (laughs) And that when you discipline us, it's out of love. And it's always meant to be redemptive. And it's always meant to, to make us better. Father, I am so grateful for that understanding. So grateful what Jesus did for us, Lord. And and that what Peter did as a pastor, speaking to them and reminding them, above all, love one another. And so, Father, I pray that you would do that in us and amongst us. And I pray, Father, I pray, Father, for that one this morning that maybe grew up through church where it wasn't about love. It was about a set of rules, and it was about a God that was angry and a God that was going to get you. And, and maybe the preacher wasn't the nicest guy, and there was a lot of judgment. I, I pray right now, Father, that your Holy Spirit would speak into their heart and that they would hear your words of love. The, the, the bottom line is love God with your whole being. Love one another like family and build all of your religion on that, Father, that we might make love the top priority in all we do. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, let's sing together. Hey, church family. Thank you so much for watching this video. We hope that God is inspiring you and working in your life. If so, make sure you send this video to a friend so that they can be impacted by the good news of the gospel as well. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss a single video. And as always, we hope that God is continuing to work and move in your life. Thanks again for watching. God bless.